and on through the rest of the chapter describing God. God. So help me out, and um, I guess what we'll do is we'll just read the verses where where we get into the additional uh, what attributes of God and qualities of God that we find. But uh, help me out. Tell me what are some of the attributes of God we find, starting in verse 3 on through the rest of the chapter that we ought praise. All right, his greatness. And his greatness is, we learned last week, okay, well, unsearchable, that would be fine. Unmeasurable, I think both would be fitting. Uh, if you searched it out, you could never come to the end of it. it and and uh, it's unmeasurable. There's no end to it. So uh, very true. Then we, we learned the second attribute in verse 4. Okay, his works. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. Uh, verse 5, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. Verse 10, all thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. His works, they are wondrous. All right, uh, do you remember there's, uh, we mentioned there's two different words, translated works, in these verses. And one means actions and the other means words so both the very word of god the words of god are are um, are wondrous and then the works the physical acts of god they are uh, wondrous as well then in uh, verse 5 we learn something else his majesty very good his majesty is Glorious, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, God's beauty, his comeliness, his grandeur, uh, which would be his imposing form and appearance, is magnificent. Uh, the pictures of God we get in the Bible are truly amazing. When, uh, I, As we mentioned, Isaiah seeing the Lord high and lifted up, and as David, I'm sorry, as John wrote in the book of Revelation, uh, the vision of the throne of God and uh, the vision, I think, of Revelation chapter 15, or I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 20, at the end of the chapter, or I think it's around verse 15, where uh, the Bible says, I saw the dead small and great stand before God at the great white throne judgment. And, uh, and the Bible says the heaven and the earth fled away from him. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing picture of God and his majesty. And then uh, we learned about his acts, all right? They are mighty, verses 4 and 6. And we concluded, I think, right? Or was there two more? Oh, that was it. Okay, you're going to hear this next one twice. I don't know why. I guess I just got... So into it, I put it down again. But I noticed uh, as I was studying out that I have this twice. But that's okay because it's true. God is, verse 7, they shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great. God is good. All right, his goodness. His goodness is great. Now, I love the way it's worded here. They shall uh, abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness. We already talked about uh, the fact that um, they were going to uh, just uh, let it all pour out, if you would, abundantly utter. They were going to let it uh, gush out, if you would, uh, the goodness of God. But notice it's not 
just that he's good, but he is abundantly good. Uh, and he is. And uh, we, should, we should think through what God has done and the goodness he's shown, and we should talk about that. So his goodness, it is great. Uh, another attribute is found in verse 7, and that's what? His righteousness. And we learn in verse 7 that his righteousness is what? And shall... What are we going to do? Sing of his righteousness. His righteousness. It is song-worthy. There you go. It is song-worthy. Now, I want you to be encouraged with this, those who can't sing. Uh, be encouraged to know the word sing here means to creak or to shout aloud for joy. So you don't have to worry about how good it sounds. Isn't that encouraging? All right? So, so look, if your voice is no good at all, it doesn't matter. You can still talk about his righteousness, and you can, you can, you can let it creak, all right? You, you, you can uh, just let it, let it come out. If it sounds like, uh, not croaking, creaking, all right? <laughs> that is fine. Hey, by the way, that reminds me, anyone can do this. You, you don't have to have some great ability. Um, you don't have to be one of the sons of Asaph. That has uh, that is trained in musical ability. No, look, look, you can sing of God's righteousness anytime, and uh, you can just let it rip, and uh, you can be enthusiastic about that because that seems to be the idea uh, as well of that word uh, song. Um, and here's what we're supposed to be rejoicing in and talking about: God does what is right. I know we say that. But how many times have you met people that don't do right? You know, we, we've got a lot of people today that will tell you, oh, I'll do this, and then they don't, they don't fulfill it. They don't do right. Uh, we have a lot of people telling us, by the way, that wrong is right these days, and people aren't doing uh, right at all. But in God's acts, his righteousness, God always does all the time, every time, what's right. Now, we may not understand it. We may not all know all the working behind it. We may not see, and certainly we can't understand how all things can work together for good, but God always does right. Now, it's hard to accept when right means, like I've just been reading in the book of Job, uh, his entire, all his children are taken away from him one day. When right, in God's eyes, and right was taking away all of Job's possessions in the same day. Uh, when right means that a man has boils from head to toe and is in agony, right is even when his wife comes and says, curse God and die. We cannot always understand the individual workings of God in a person's life, like Job or many others in Scripture. But we have to rest in the fact that God is righteous, and he deserves to be praised for that. And didn't, didn't Job even, in a sense, say that when he falls down and he worships? After all this has happened, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, you understand, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. You know what he was saying there? God's right. God is righteous. And he has the right to do as he chooses because everything is his. You realize that God's, God never takes anything away from you that, that is yours. 
ever. Health is his gift. Wealth, possessions, what he gave. Uh, your physical health, it's been granted. God never takes anything away. God always does right. His righteousness is songworthy. In verse 8, uh, this would make our list so long, I just com- I, I combine them all together. So uh, help me out here because we have a number of attributes of God in verse 8. So tell me what they are. All right? His, he's gracious. Very good. He's full of compassion. He is slow to anger and of great mercy. So let me just share with you how I put it. His grace, compassion, patience, and mercy. (laughs) Four attributes. And I don't mean to demean them or to make them unimportant by putting them together. It's just I probably would have run out of the alphabet um, if we (laughs) put all of them down. But they are all combined in this verse. And they're all combined because, quite honestly, these things work together. Grace, compassion, patience, mercy. And I put it this way. They're needed. And aren't they? Don't you need those things? The Lord is gracious. And he's full of compassion. And he's slow to anger and of great mercy. And the way he he, uh, brings all these things out is not just to say, yeah, he has these attributes and let's go on. But they're all magnified. Everyone, grace. God bestows favor on inferior people. That's what it means. And he does. We're all inferior. (laughs) You are inferior. (laughs) But I am too. (laughs) And uh, the truth is none of us are, as far as God is uh, concerned, uh, none of us. Uh, it could even measure up in any way, but God bestows favor anyway. Isn't that an amazing thing? You know, some some wealthy people wouldn't even talk to a poor person. Some people may not talk to someone of another race and have nothing to do with them, but God is gracious. He shows favor on inferior people all the time. Uh, Now, we understand that in salvation, but the teaching of Scripture is that God is gracious all the time. He giveth more grace. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. My grace is sufficient for thee. Those were written to Christians. Grace doesn't end at salvation. And grace doesn't just keep us saved. Grace meets every need in life. And God pours it out. He's constantly showing favor. It's his nature. And we all praise him for that. Um, we find um, in, uh, in this that he's slow to anger. Uh, this, that's an interesting one. I, full of compassion. We're kind of going. Um, in verse 9, the Bible tells us this. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Those were tender mercies. Uh, is that word is closely related to full of compassion. He's just understanding and he, he's gracious to us and and he he meets needs. By the way, that, that happens uh, and we need that when when things are taken away from us. 
when our health is gone, when we have issues and matters with family, when we're hurting. And God is, these things are all related to how God works with those really who are, are hurting and need God. He's slow to anger. By the way, there's two words that make that up, long and nostril. Now, it sounds funny, but it isn't really intended to be. Uh, have you ever seen someone get angry and their nostrils flare? Okay. Um, that is, I, uh, you know, their face gets red. Just, okay, I can't, I'm not even going to try to do that. But it's a common picture denoting great anger. Um, now, when it's coupled with the word long, it, makes, it means this. It takes time before he gets into an agitated state. Aren't you thankful for that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not like you in your car when the guy cuts you off. All right, he's, he, it takes him a long time. Now, when his wrath is poured out, it's a serious thing. But thankfully, he's slow to anger. We we don't see, you know, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And, uh, and, and so uh, this, is, this is a great blessing. Um, and then we also find in this verse that he's of great mercy. And uh, we use the term, by the way, uh, patient, sometimes to, descri- uh, to describe this. Uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, yes, uh, patience could describe it um, as well. Um, uh, long-suffering. Uh, he just doesn't. Uh, lash out at us. God is merciful. He's greatly kind. He's exceedingly kind. And all these truths, let me tell you, we need on a daily basis. And he shows those things. Verse 9, uh, we learn that God is, there we go again. See, I told you I repeated. He's good. His goodness. All right. So you have it twice. Um, he's doubly good. He's, he's good, good. Uh, all right, so there you have it. Uh, and I put it this way because I, I love the way it's, the Lord is good to all. I put it, it is far-reaching. He's good to everyone. Now, many won't even acknowledge there's a God. But everyone experiences the goodness of all of God. He's good all, to all. And isn't that isn't that true? Even those that mock him, even though the, those, those that spit in his face, Father, give them for they know not what they do. He's good. He's good. Now we learn about, and uh, now this is uh, rather interesting, but he goes into, in the next few verses, uh, talking, we already uh, mentioned verse 10 and what's uh, found there. Uh, verse 11, they shall speak of the glory of what? Thy kingdom, his kingdom. And, and you can put it this way, it is eternal. Verses 11, 12, and 13 uh, bring out his mighty acts, talk about the, his majesty once again, but they're all related to the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God being an eternal kingdom. Now, other attributes are introduced here, but the focus is God's the ruler of all. He always has been. He always will be. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. 
Kingdoms have come and gone. Isn't that true? You look through history. Uh, you see uh, great, great rulers. Nebuchadnezzar was a great ruler. Nebuchadnezzar ruled a, a great portion of the world, would have been considered one, a world leader. Nebuchadnezzar's uh, dead and gone. And it was actually just his son, the one after him, where the kingdom was lost. Daniel talked about that and uh, Belshazzar. The kingdom was taken away from. The Medes and the Persians came after them. Very powerful kingdom. Gone. Uh, then we have in the day of Jesus Christ, we have Rome. Roman roads are everywhere. But Rome is gone. Not a power any longer. I mean, so many different countries have come and gone. Soviet Union has gone. And pretty soon we'll probably say United States, gone. England, ah, before that. England, sun never set on England, they said, because there were places all over the world that were territories of England. So what is England today? An afterthought. Sorry they'd be mad about that one, but it's the truth. Because kingdoms come and go, but God's never has and never will. His kingdom is eternal. Aren't you thankful for that? I, I am. Because we're going to be part of that someday. And, uh, and by faith, I already am. Um, so his kingdom, it is eternal. Verse 14, 15, and 16. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. I wish I could just park it there and 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 stay there. In fact, sometime we'll have to preach on those three verses. They are beautiful. They're precious. So we find, let's just put it this way, his provision or care. Isn't that it's so it's beautifully pictured. In those three verses. So how is it pictured? How is God's provision and care pictured that you see in verse 14, 15, and 16? I don't know. Do you see God's provision there? Hello? Yeah, it's been a long day, right? You're just trying to stay awake, Pastor. I haven't heard anything you said yet. All right. Uh, understand. All right, go, go ahead. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? All that fall, he lifts up. How many people can you help? You know, there are times in the past, like, no, sorry, can't help. But anyone that falls, God has the ability to help up. Isn't that amazing? All right, what other ways do you see God's provision or his care? When you're feeling low, <laughs> are you glad? God, get, get this. Please understand God can deal with your emotional problems. You're bent over, discouraged, depressed. When, when people turn to medicine, for what God has the answers for, it's tragic. But you know what? That's happening in a lot of Christianity even. 
Oh, you need professional help. You do. The professional is up there. Uh, you know, are there medical, physical problems that might cause? Sure, get, get, your, get your body checked out, make sure everything is okay. But emotional problems are God's business. They are. And he raised up those that are bowed down. Um, I, what else? What other way do you see his care? Uh, you see, this, we can make a long list here. Answered prayer. Very good. Um, we, could, we could say, actually, he's going to mention that in the verses that follow. So we'll make mention of that probably shortly. His provision or care. Look, look at verse 15. Overwatch, always watching over us. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? Uh, he gives us meat in due season. Uh, he, he provides what we need to, to eat. Um, if we were to go to uh, the Titans game, I, what the, can they see? 40,000? 50,000 at the stadium? I know, like, only 12,000 come anymore, but uh, maybe that's because of the Titans and not the, the thing. But if they were to fill the stadium, um, they would pay numerous businesses uh, to come in and provide food for those 50,000 just for the duration of the game and it would be exorbitant. The amount of money spent and the amount of food consumed. Okay, so so think about this. God says the eyes of what? In verse 15. All. Now we're talking about not just people, but we're talking about all beings, all creatures. So, so think about that 50,000 and, and think about if you were responsible to feed all of them. Sound overwhelming? Okay, then, see, we can't even get our mind around this. Think 7 billion people. And every day, God has caused this earth to bring forth enough so that 7 billion billion people can eat enough to live. And we're just talking about people. How many mosquitoes are there? How many ants? And every one of every, how many elephants? How many giraffes? Every one of the creatures that walk on the face of this earth, birds in Africa, God fed today. You'll feed them tomorrow. Uh, a sparrow uh, you know, flying in Thompson Station today got food because God opened his hand. If God didn't open his hand, the sparrow wouldn't eat. And the seven billion billion people in this world wouldn't have anything. Have you thanked him for it yet today? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord, for the food. Amen. Did we pray? Seriously, uh, it, it is wonderful, the picture of provision. And when you, I mean, even 
Would some of you panic about just feeding the group that's here tonight? How are we going to get all that together? But God does it daily. And every, every animal, every human being, they all have different food wants. Yeah. I mean, I want pizza every day. And, and some guy in India wants rice every day. I mean, you know, but the Lord takes care of that. Amazing thing, isn't it? God's uh, provision or care, uh, it's, I put it this way, it is sufficient. Uh, you probably wrote something different. It's amazing. Yeah, did, I, did I say amazing or something like that? But it's sufficient. And that's what is, is great. Now openest thy hand and what does it say? Satisfiest the desire of every living thing. Um, think of the miracle that is. Armadillas got food today. Buzzards got food today, maybe because of what you ran over. Yeah, armadillos. <laughs> I wish they wouldn't get any food. All right. Um, just just an amazing thing, it, isn't it? Saw uh, uh, eight wild turkeys. on Like three were on a fence in someone's backyard, and the rest were in his ba their backyard today. I, going down 31, it was a house in Spring Hill. <laughs> and, and God gave him food. You know, it, it's just it's, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? He provided for them. And by the way, this is not just talking about physical food, but every other need. Does any, I mean, does that cause anyone to marvel? And it, it really should be a source of, of praise from our lips. And, and see, I knew I wouldn't. I'm going to give you the, uh, oh, I'll give you the, the next three next time we have opportunity, and then we'll move into Psalm 146, Lord willing. But that will be two weeks away because we'll have the evangelist next week. Um, but but how can how can you just you you can't just give the list all right because when you really start to think through how God works it's just it's um, it's amazing and who God is because these these things remind us of His awesome power I mean seriously I mean, who who could feed fifty thousand who could feed 1.5 million every day with manna and twice as much on Friday. You know, who could do that? You could. We serve a great God. Let's praise him. Father, thank you so much for these attributes we've been able to see and for the mighty power evidenced in this psalm. No wonder it's called a psalm of praise. And no wonder the psalmist um, lifted up his voice in praise and called it such because uh, he obviously was in awe as, as we should be at the great God we serve. 
Father, to think that you fed this entire world today because you opened your hand is truly an amazing thing. And we want to rejoice in, in how great you are, how gracious, merciful, loving, kind, full of loving kindness, slow to anger. God, God, thank you for being such a, an amazing God to serve and help us. Help us to be people who are appreciative. In Jesus' name.